on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. We talked about the new May 2020 core update. It gave it a better name. Google Smart Shopping has a new, new customer acquisition goal. Corn and Callus Care is trending, but we find out what Greg's been watching online. We do a deep dive into Chef's Remote and how it caused a comforter catastrophe. And Jess celebrates being halfway to Halloween with some spooky promotional emails. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on May 8th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join us in the conversation, we are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. All right, everyone. I think we're like week eight of this isolation. Still going strong with the show. Obviously, the audio is not where we'd like it to be if we're in our studios. But I kind of ask you the same question. How are you doing every week? Real question is, how are your significant others doing? Oh, well, mine had to help land the shooting the heck game today. That's exciting. On his lunch break. Yeah, so that was great. (laughs) Yes, how about you? Um, Today's been particularly tough because the the baby has soiled his diaper like four times <laughs> it's required a wardrobe change and i've been working so my my dear husband he's he's a soldier but he's not doing too hot today <laughs> that's a crappy job uh, <laughs> in-house I, I mean it's it's been interesting i've been hearing a few of these conversations going on and and some of it's uh there's a lot of smoke my wife puts a lot of smoke out to, to some of these calls that she's on and i was just listening in and like yeah that's I don't know if you guys saw it in the uh, the coworker channel on our Slack or not. Yeah, oh, yeah. About creating problems. <laughs> yes. I don't know if I should be saying this, but I will. <laughs> and I overheard her say, you're the one creating the problem, then complaining about the problem. I don't <laughs> understand. How can I help this? <laughs> <laughs> you have like a new uh, respect like, for her or what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, are you sure she wasn't saying that to your kids? <laughs> oh no it was not to the kids it was not to the kids it was to uh it was to a vendor i believe so okay i like mm-hmm. it oh well, hey we're all we're all getting by who's our sponsor for the show this week jess this week's episode of marketing o'clock is brought to you by hrefs whether you work for a big brand run your own small business or do freelance work getting traffic to your website is always an issue hrefs is an all-in-one seo tool set that solves that problem It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. Want to learn more? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to hrefs.com to sign up. That is A-H-R-E-F-S dot com to sign up today. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. And right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J to get that six-week trial. That is O-P-T-E-O forward slash S-E-J as in Southerners for Economic Justice. I googled what does SCJ mean, and that's what it is. And if you do that, use that link, optio.com forward slash SCJ. You get six weeks, and it is better than the 30 days you'd get if you didn't. So big thank you to our sponsors this week. And we're going to dive into some features a little bit later that can help you out in the show. And our main news this week comes by way of a tweet from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison Twitter handle. And the tweet reads, later today, we are releasing a broad core algorithm update as we do several times per year. It is called the May 2020 core update, period. Our guidance about such updates remains as we've covered before, 
please see this blog post for more about that. And there's a link. You can check it out in the show notes. I'm just this- picturing him like typing that out and then waiting to hit tweet. And like for the chaos to ensue. <laughs> There's a lot of chaos. I feel bad. He gets a lot of slack, especially whenever there's any of those feature snippets that are wrong. There's a lot. If you ever like actually track the replies he gets, there's a lot of K-poppers out there that what? really take umbrage with the results. Yeah. K-pop? I'm telling you. Yeah, K-pop. What's K-pop? Why? I you said K-pop. Those are, those are not the people you want to mess with. Like they'll tear you apart. Oh, he knows. By now, he for sure knows. What's <laughs> their beef with him? Well, a lot of times, like they'll get some of the singers wrong in the like in the snippets, and people really take offense. There's a lot of pride um, with the the K-pop bands out there. Oh my God, we need to protect Danny Sullivan. <laughs> I know both handles need protecting. <laughs> um, but anyway, this came out on May the fourth of 2020. So far, it takes a little time to roll out, but Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Land had a nice article that recapped some of the findings. Apparently, the force is strong with this one. The headline, or I guess the subhead that Barry had was to an article called Google's May 2020 core update was big and broad search data tool show. And it said, this update was an absolute monster, said Morty Orbenstein from Rank Ranger. Absolute monster of an algo update so far. There was a good look of the different verticals that this update may be hitting, may not be hitting. It's still pretty early. But travel, retail, finance, health were some of the, the big ones that Rank Ranger found. And then Barry also covered some data from SEMrush, aka SEMrush. They found travel, real estate, health, pets and animals, and people in society saw some some big movement. And to me, my biggest question is, I, I know that any SEO hates it when you call it anything other than the May 2020 core update. So what, what should we call it here on Marketing O'Clock? We need a name. I mean, you know. the Star Wars is just low-hanging fruit. So yeah, I guess Disney will come after you for that. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. As long as we don't put a hashtag May the 4th. Um, <laughs> so, so I have a few here, and then I want you guys to pick what we can call it on the show, just because we need to have a little fun in our lives at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So first up, the, the obvious, the Star Wars update. Second, May the 4th update. And then I just started going off the wall. Okay. So we've got the Corona update. Wow. Oh. And we've got the quarantine update. And then the just around the C O R E. Okay. Yeah. Quarantine. Yep. And then lastly, just sticking in Star Wars here, Captain Cork. <laughs> no. I don't even know what he's from. Is he from Star, Star Trek? Trek? <laughs> oh, yeah. The sequel or whatever. <laughs> um, okay. I'm gonna ignore you. <laughs> do you have any other? Do you have any other names? I can't beat Corona. That's pretty good. And what about like Luke? I am your update. Ooh, Greg doesn't. May the fourth is good, but it's like too close to just the May 2020 update. Like you're almost letting those boring SEOs win. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm with you. Bob Iger might come back and come after you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Corona. We'll call it the Corona update. I like it. All right, Jess, what's next? All right, next up here, Shopify is launching a fully reimagined version of their POS system for retailers. On the surface, it may seem like the wrong time to launch an in-store system, but it's actually quite the opposite. So along with a bunch of other improvements that they are pushing with this, the new Shopify POS has a curbside pickup option. So local customers can place their orders online and then pick it up at the brick and mortar location. So that's actually really, really timely with this offering. And Shopify has also updated the way customer profiles are built for better data across online and in-store purchases, even if you have multiple store locations. So that'll make it easier to see lifetime value of your customers and inform your campaign strategy, which is really, really awesome. And we've seen a lot of folks that weren't previously online make that shift given the pandemic, but I know there's still plenty of businesses out there that have just kind of remained shuttered and not taken their inventory online. So this might be a push to get people back on the interwebs and selling. So if you are interested, Shopify is offering this new POS for free and until the end of October. And that's, you know, Halloween. It's free until Halloween. So get excited if you want to play with that. 
But I got excited just when I saw October 31st written out in print because I'm like so ready. I don't want to push summer away, but I mean, we already passed halfway to Halloween. (laughs) I mean, I don't. It might be a nice summer. We might, you know, just be outside a lot and not do too much. I don't know if Halloween's going to be any better. So did you guys do anything for the halfway to Halloween celebration that we missed last week? I must have missed it somehow. I, I don't know how. What? What did you do? Did you summon some demons? What did you do, Jet? I know. Actually, I didn't do anything. I don't know, man. I thought people were into the halfway to Halloween. I got like several marketing emails about sales that were going on for things with that. Is that not a big thing in anyone's world? But mine? From no. who? Jess, you just made that up. I did not. It was from Fright Rags, and I looked it up. Who Mr. is Fright Wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> You got it from some goth evil clothing company. Of course. It's probably every day. It's like, oh, it's 363 days till Halloween. No, no, no. If you go to Mr. and Mrs. Halloween.com, they actually have a definition for it. Or not a definition. They say that many people debate over the exact date, but they say it should be April 30th. I mean, this is a thing. It's out there. It's also a leap year, so who knows if they accounted for that. Oh, whoa. Well, good thing none of us celebrated, I guess. We'll plan ahead for next year. <laughs> And next up in the news, Google Smart Shopping is beta testing a new customer acquisition goal. And of course, they have an acronym for it. So they're calling it NCA. And this was spotted in the wild by Sir Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. And we've never actually clarified for our listeners. It's Stephen as in Tyler, not as in King. He's a V Stephen. Very important distinction there. V as in very important. Yes. Stephen explains why this is such a big deal because smart shopping campaigns are known for aggressive remarketing and now advertisers can use these campaigns to optimize towards new customers. So it's really a game changer. And Google identifies new customers using a 540 day look back window. And you can also use tags that you can set up with the global site tag on your site and new customer parameters. And you can also upload first party lists of your customer base. Hey, Jess, what did you do for the 540 days away from Halloween celebration this year? <laughs> I had a feeling you were going to ask, and I was trying to quickly calculate when that was. I have no idea. I'm sure it was awesome, though. So these campaigns only use maximized conversion value bidding, and Google will add the value of a new customer to your business to the purchase value of the actual order to find the total conversion value for this new customer. And as with anything, Stephen reports, this is a beta feature right now. So if you want in, you can contact your Google rep. So thank you, Stephen, for the new feature. All right. Next up is another tweet from Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison handle. And Danny said that Google search has never seen as many searches for a single topic continue over a sustained period as is happening now with COVID-19. Many searches are for news about what is happening in local areas, such as sheltering updates, or the latest on testing. Last month, we made a change to help local content surface better within our top stories box. In addition, we added local news to a box to show local news content in response to coronavirus-related searches. Beyond local news, we also made a change where both AMP and non-AMP stories will appear in top stories for searches that are coronavirus-related. I also, Am, sorry, go ahead. I want to fact check Danny because I am pretty sure that more people were searching for the CCPA. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't get away from it. Every single Thanksgiving, people were talking about the CCPA. Big, big topic. It was a hot topic. <laughs> well, anyway, Danny went on to finish and say, AMP remains necessary to be considered for other topics. Okay. So he is talking very specifically about the top stories box that shows up. And I think that many publishers are likely amped up about this is I think AMP really can stink if it's not done properly in many local um, news sources and TV stations and things like that just may not have the capabilities to to actually implement AMP. So I wish this was never a requirement. I hope it rolls out to everything other than just coronavirus and COVID-19 related terms. We've worked with publishers in the past and As much ranking boost as you get for AMP things, and obviously for some of the top stories and publishers and news publishers specifically, there's value there. Having a great mobile site is also nice. And you can make way better experiences on non-AMP stuff than you can with AMP, in my professional opinion. I'm not optimistic about it, though, because Danny made a point to say that in the thread, that it only applies to COVID-19 related news. I know. I just, honestly, whenever I get to an AMP story, 
I'm disappointed. I don't like it. I don't like the experience. I don't like how basic everything is. Like we we made on Cypress North, our agency that we work at, we have our, our blog posts and everything. We have those AMP. But for people actually coming and visiting us, we don't want to have an AMP experience because you can't make it look good. And we're a you know design company. We need people to like experience a good website. That's a great example. Oh, get out of here. <laughs> well, anyway, so if you are covering COVID-19 news and you're local or in general, if it's COVID-19, you will see more non-AMP stuff show up in the top stories box. Jess, what's next? All right. Next, Google has launched a new initiative that they're calling Web Vitals, and that seeks to provide unified guidance for quality signals that we believe are essential to delivering a great user experience on the web. That last part's Google's words there. Web Vitals, isn't that that concert that got postponed that you were going to go to (laughs) for that band? Just because it sounds like metal, Chef. (laughs) I feel attacked. Yeah, I thought that was they were going to Warp Tour next year. I think Warp Tour is over, right? It's not a thing I anymore. No Jess, question. Yeah. Have you been listening to more metal or less metal in isolation? Actually less because I usually listen to it in the car to go like wild while I'm driving. But I'm home and there's other people within earshot. So I try to keep it to like CCR and, and things like that. Somebody just had a monster truck drive by them. Was it you, Jess? <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? That was absolutely. There's this truck that drives yeah. by every day, and it's so loud. He's not a CCR fan. What can I say? Anyway, with this announcement, they go on to note that there's a lot of context specific aspects for the user experience, but there are a set of core web vitals, again, to use that word, that are critical regardless of where users are on the web. So there's a lot of technical information in here, which is great for reading, but it's a podcast and I don't want to lose anyone. So to put it plainly, the critical aspects are loading, interactivity, and visual stability. I thought site speed didn't matter, Jess. Depends who you ask. According to this, it's vital. So to help webmasters determine how their sites perform in these categories, Google is working on a bunch of new tools as well as updating some existing ones to offer visibility into these essential metrics. So you can check the link in the show notes for a list of all the tools and also for a nice little graphic they made, which outlines what constitutes good, needs improvement, and poor in all those categories. So check it out for more information. Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's take of the week comes from Alyssa Altman at Alyssa underscore Altman on Twitter. And Alyssa writes, Google, we are here for you during this time, exclamation point. Also, at Google Ads, we can't review any ads or questions for disapprovals because we don't care. I love that Alyssa gave the hard at symbol <laughs> Google ads, just tagged them and dragged them. I love it too. And this just sounds like something I would write because I'm always like telling people that they don't care about me. Yeah. She she has some fire tweets, especially on the Google Partner stuff. Great follow at Alyssa Altman and a great take. A great take. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something that you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. And this week's I See Why Am I comes from John Mueller. Google's John Mueller over at John M-U on Twitter. And that is J-O-H-N shop for you counting. And John says, PSA, removing the HTTP colon slash slash version of your site will remove all variations. HTTP, HTTPS, dub, 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 non, dub, dub, dub. Don't use the removal tools for canonicalization. And removing the H from John, though, does not remove all variations. There is a version without an H. That's a good point. Yeah. That will just turn him to a Jonathan. And he took the opposite approach of Alyssa. He did not at LinkedIn. He just subtweeted them. Yes. And that is the background here because when we came into work on Wednesday, LinkedIn 
was removed from the index and apparently they'd removed themselves. <laughs> so John just put this out here. <laughs> no context, but everybody knew exactly what he was talking about. Yeah. And since then LinkedIn is back into the index with their WWW and every other version out there. No offense, so, but I just didn't miss them. <laughs> You're not you neither of you are big LinkedIners, are you? No, neither are you. No. No, I hate it. It's too much. It's just there's too – if it was people talking about work and stuff, it would be great. But everybody's out there and everybody's just trying to – Crush it. Crush it. And then their engagement. And it's like, oh, what's the, the best book you've read twice in a year? It's, it's, <laughs> it's, everything's like, oh, I'm going to boost my engagement. It's, you can just, it's so fake. You see through it all. I don't know. The thing about this whole madness, though, is that when I do need to get to LinkedIn, I absolutely Google it. So not being able to find them in search could be a problem. You and what army? I'm never going. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for this week's lightning round. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work or buying up candles and finding puzzles at your local market. Optio is a fantastic tool that gives you more vision into everything. That's something I use on a daily basis. Yesterday, I was looking at an RLSA campaign that spent 3x for a certain client. The nice thing is they give you bite-sized digestible emails that you can consume, hop in, and understand what exactly is happening. Jess, how do you stop you? So as our regular listeners know, Greg is always forwarding Shep and I those Optio email alerts as soon as they come in, even if it's like 5 a.m., which is great. We love to be in the know, but maybe you don't have a Greg on your team, or maybe you are the Greg on your team. And either way, if you use Slack, you can connect it with Optio and get performance alerts and improvement notifications right in the channel of your choice. Did you just swap out my name with Psycho? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, maybe not at all. Psycho on your team? Or maybe you're the Psycho? That's what it sounded like. If you define Psycho as very, very helpful and on top of things, then yes. <laughs> so these alerts that are in Slack are in real time, and they're in a place where your whole team can see it. So you can choose which clients you want Slack alerts for and mute those that you might not need alerts for. It's just another great way that Optio helps you stay on top of your campaigns. It's pretty awesome. To learn more and get a six-week trial, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is six weeks free, O-P-T-E-O.com forward slash S-E-J. They probably wouldn't like it if I said it, but just go, put your information in, take the recommendations, and leave after six weeks. The thing is, you're not going to leave because they're so good. And first up in paid news this week, Roku has a new one-view ad platform that will leverage TV identity data for ad targeting. And using one-view, advertisers will be able to run their campaigns across digital devices in four out of five U.S. homes, including non-Roku households, apparently. This is a quote from the article. Say, for instance, you want to run a campaign on a TV channel that runs across all platforms. You could do that, but also now compare it together with proprietary audience audiences that only Roku could offer. So this seems like a great opportunity to target people like me who have multiple Rokus in their home. And not to make this about me. La-di-da. You just made it about you. (laughs) And you're so fancy. Actually, it was not we. Someone in my household, not me, lost the Roku remote this week. And it has been truly crippling. There's no buttons on TVs anymore, so there's, like, nothing we can do except for turn it on and off and change the input. And they try to help you and, like, prevent this problem because they have this amazing Roku app that you can connect to on your phone, and it's basically the remote to the TV. But, of course, somehow the Roku is on our 5G internet and our phones aren't, and we, like, can't figure out the password to the phone. And I spilled enchilada sauce in my bed on Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so great ad platform. So how do you watch TV now? I have to watch it in my bed. With your enchiladas. I get it. Yeah. And I spill them all over my white comforter. It's really hard over here. So I digress. Our next story, people have been paying close attention to see how Amazon's ad revenue would net out considering there has been a huge serve in e-commerce purchases. 
But retailers also haven't been able to meet demand because Amazon was forced to cut back on fulfillment of non-essential products. Cough, cough, puzzles apparently are not essential. So you guys can stop worrying about it because I have some answers. For Q1, search advertising grew by 25%, but then it slowed to 6% the final week of March. So it's still up year over year, but not looking as successful as they were Q1. Do you think Amazon is going to refund the Prime membership costs? I really, really doubt it. Do you think they will? I mean, you bought Prime under the guise that anything that was Prime, you would get in like two days. And now things just take like two weeks. What? Is there talk of this or are you just like a one-man campaign? Uh, let's just start it here. Let's get it going. I support this. Absolutely. I want my money back. It took I me like three weeks it. to get diapers. Oh, that does make me want to support it. But like also I've been watching all the Amazon Prime originals this whole time for free. That's part of why I pay for it. That's just because your Roku doesn't work. <laughs> No, you need the Roku to work to watch Amazon Prime anyway. It's a tragedy. What am I saying? Yeah, they should definitely refund it. I want my money back. (laughs) And I have some big cookie news next. The European Data Protection Board, acronym EDPB, it's easier to just say the full thing, published new guidelines that say you can't make access to your website content dependent on a visitor agreeing to your cookie policy in the EU. Is EDPB like easily digestible peanut butter? Peanut butter cookies? That would make sense. Did I do no, it? It sounds, like a, it sounds like a type of music, you know, that the, the, the snappers like. There's just <laughs> no words, no sounds. It's just, you know, just you know, vibrations. The kind of music that Jess listens to. Yeah, it's uh, Vital Organs or whatever that band is that you've <laughs> tried to pretend I listen to. Well, I was going to say that this whole announcement was really confusing to me because you would think that in the EU, they would call them biscuit guidelines. Wow. (laughs) So these updated guidelines also have people talking about scrolling consent because it states that scrolling on a website can never, ever, ever in any way be interpreted as consent to take someone's data. That was a little bit um, embellishment by me, but you get the point. And this week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs is a phenomenal tool. And much like Optio, it keeps you alerted. I can't tell you how many times I use the Ahrefs Digest that is emailed to me, just like I do with Optio. This week, I was sending over, one of our clients said, I have a problem all the time getting backlinks. I'm like, you are the best. I am in envy over what Ahrefs is telling me about your site. I sent them their their April backlink report and then everything that's happened in May and we had a nice discussion and Ahrefs really helped to solidify things. Shop, how do you use Ahrefs? So we've been talking about Ahrefs on the show every week and I cannot believe that we haven't talked about their rank tracker feature yet because it's awesome. This tool allows you to monitor your rankings over time and chart your performance against your competitors. But this is for those super competitive folks because Ring Tracker will actually send you scheduled performance reports straight to your inbox, which is Greg's favorite place to get performance reports. All you have to do is add a list of keywords, add the countries you want to track results for, and tell Ahrefs your competitors' URLs, and they will start tracking data and will send you regular updates so you can see how your content is performing. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Check it out for yourself. Head on over to ahrefs.com. That is A-H-R-E-F-S.com to sign up today. What is happening in organic? We've got lots of news, Shep. And first up, we have a new podcast manager from Google. And similar to Spotify's podcast analytics that came out last year, podcast manager will give you insight and information into your podcast. One of the cool things that they'll do is break it down by phone, tablet, desktop, smart speaker, and other, so you can see exactly how people are consuming them and knowing that there could be a lot of smart smart speaker usage as well, especially for shorter podcasts. I think that that is very helpful. Some podcast people might not want to know right now, though. Listens are down. They're down. I think we're down like 10% overall. So the one thing I really wanted to look at was to see the usage of if they could break it down by how did people find you in the search results pages? Because that's one thing we've reported on in the past, that podcasts are being pulled into the SERPs now. All right, so we are like 
all on the phone for people consuming us via Google Podcasts. But I think it's because we don't really write our titles for SEO. We write them for Y-O-U. That's yeah. it. Our, our titles are Fire and Shep. You really outdid yourself on last week's. It's for morning. the people. It is. You had a nice Mean Girls reference. This week's going to be good. I would rather have fun, have a good time, and have people that appreciate it listening to this than, than optimize for SEO. I mean, it's probably not a good business move, <laughs> but I like it. It's a good marketing client move. All right, next up, there's some new Google Map integration to Data Studio. You can now add maps to your report and let viewers see data in a whole new geographic dimension. And it's it's really cool if you actually look at it. You can add up to two metrics from your Google Maps, and you can use different bubble sizes to indicate scale, or you can use color. It's really cool. You could say, I want to see sessions from a certain country, and you can make the bubbles expand. And then you could say, I want to see revenue from countries as well. And you can make those bubbles change color. See, this is the difference between you and me. Like, it's nice that it's a map, but it's still just a chart, and it's boring to me. You think that's cool, right? That's that's kind of cool to look at it with all those little country-based dots. It's a nice visualization, for sure. It's kind of far. Like, you can't even tell where the European dots are. I appreciate, too, that they used Oceania, or however you say, the continent that Australia is on, instead of just calling it Australia. That's nice. Oh, I forgot about that. And it looks like we have listeners in Russia. That's cool. Uh, this is just the generic Google Maps. Don't get oh. out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, Google has recently released the Price Competitiveness Insights Beta in Merchant Center. And what this will do is give advertisers new information to understand how their pricing stacks up against competition. The dashboard can be found under the Growth and then Price Competitiveness tab. And it's a visual summary of just exactly how competitive you are with your products. So you can see things that are, there's no benchmark price, you're below benchmark price, you're at benchmark price, you're above benchmark price, and then Let's say like you have Michael Jordan competitive in this level. They don't have that. It's just below. So you can't get that. You can't get that in depth. <laughs> Shep, are you still watching that that sports, sports yeah, show? Yeah, the sports show. It's pretty good. I don't get why they don't have it on at 8 o'clock instead of 9. It's just such a long night. There's too many other sports to compete with right now, Shep. Yeah, I mean, I guess Korean baseball is all the rage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway... You can say, I want to look at different categories and see how everything's working based off of the competitiveness report. So check it out. See if you've got that. You have to enable it, and one of your admins will have to enable it if you want to, if you want to actually get that detail. All right, next up comes from Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S.com, forward slash blog, forward slash nofollow, dash UGC, dash sponsored. And this is the state of nofollow UGC and sponsored link attributes in 2020 from Patrick Stocks. In case you forgot, last year, there was a whole hullabaloo around a nofollow link attribute. Not only did we have nofollows, we then had UGC. So we used to have the rel nofollow, which means you don't vouch for this link. Then you had the rel UGC links, which means it was user-generated content. So things like comments and the sort. And then there's also the rel equals sponsored Link. So you could say this is actually a paid link, a paid ad, a paid listing. Somebody here is paying me for this placement. Um, so Patrick went through and analyzed the fact that 10.6% of all backlinks to the top 110,000 sites are no followed, but only 0.44% use RHEL equal UGC and only 0.01% use RHEL sponsored. So people aren't <laughs> using this stuff. And I don't blame them. I don't blame them because at the time, Google came out, released everything and said, there's no wrong answers. It's fine. Whatever you're doing is fine. As long as you're using nofollow, whatever it is, it's fine. It's fine this way. It's fine that way. It's fine every way. Every way's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Just use one of them. And of course, this is what's going to happen. Nobody's going to pick this up. Yeah. So why would you take the time to change something if they could come out tomorrow and say you have to change it back? Like You wouldn't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My stance is if Google came out with something like rel equals sponsored or rel equals UGC, moving ahead, if you're building something new 
and you can put that into your comment section, you should do that. More levels of granularity make sense. I understand that in 2019, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We heard that a million times. But what about 2025? Get there now. Use this stuff if you know it's UGC or sponsored. And you can use combinations of everything like we talked about. And I'm done with this. No more. REL equals NL. All right. Next up is some new news from Think with Google. And they came out with something called rising retail categories. And they said, consumer behavior is changing rapidly and unpredictably amid the coronavirus pandemic. And they came up with an interactive tool to understand fast rising retail categories, Google search. And I love this. I absolutely love this. You can hop in and see things that are really picking up. And the top thing in the U.S., can anybody guess what the top retail category is in the U.S.? Scented candles. Yeah, I was going to say like home entertainment. Swimming pools. What? What? I think we're quarantined. Like, let's get some people out here. Hopefully they got some masks on. And let's do a couple laps. That's Wait, what like swimming pool supplies or like the actual pool? So what happens is they'll put down a retail category and then they'll show the top growing queries within swimming pools. It's actually a nice feature. Head on over to marketing a clock to check it out. But you can say, I'm going to click on swimming pools. It's up 300% monthly. And I'm going to look at above ground pools, swimming pool, pool, in-text pool, inflatable pool, pools for sale, so on. So you can go through and you can say, and we actually had to do this legit for B2B uh, e-commerce client. And I can look at number four is sneeze guards. So I can say sneeze guard for a counter, acrylic sneeze guard, hanging sneeze guard. And you can try to find different things that you could hopefully work into your campaigns a little bit more. And, you know, even something like sneeze guards that is right now the number four trending category as of May 7th, it'll show you plexiglass barrier. And so other things you might not have thought of, and I really, really love it. And they have everything in here from egg cookers to badminton to wart removers to corn and callus care supplies. Uh-huh. There's a ton in there. And, I mean, you hop in and click through on corn and callus care supplies, they got everything for you. So check that out in our show notes. Next up is a note from AMP and Web Stories. Well, I don't even know how to report on this, but the name of the post is Web Stories, powered by AMP. And there used to be something like AMP Stories was the previous name of it, where you could pull information in. A lot of it at the beginning was about celebrities, and you could tell a story with AMP so things could load quick and nice on mobile. Well, it's now called Web Stories, and apparently it's still powered by AMP. So if you're talking about that, try and get the right verbiage. It's AMP Stories. And I just used one of these actually today. I was looking at my phone. It came through in Discover. And you guys know how much I like beans. Um, <laughs> I love beans. I've got it's all a these, rising have, category for you. Beans I, I, up in your Discover feed? <laughs> yes. It said bean, black bean tortillas. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. It's like a recipe. I'm, I, I didn't know that, but I just clicked on it. That is it, a dedication for that to show up in your Discover feed. I mean, yeah, Google knows me. I clicked through. It was the worst web story I've ever seen. It was like the opposite of a tasty. It was just people throwing ingredients in. And if you want to know the ingredients, you had to swipe up and go visit the site. It was just, you would just see people make food without any information around it. It was terrible. But hopefully you can use now what's called web stories to tell a better tale than that. So make sure you show some some text on the on the video if you're doing all this. Wow, that's even worse than those other recipe blogs. Yeah, I. you know what? I'll, I'll learn about the fact of, of what happened to you in eighth grade and how it, it uh, influenced the cooking in your life um, as long as I can actually get the ingredients. That's fair. Anyway, next up is an article from Kirk Williams over at Zato Marketing, and he has found a way to track surfaces across Google the free shopping ads clicks in Google Analytics. There is some work that has to be done. You do need to have a few stipulations that you can move forward with. Um, so you have to be able to not allow manual UTM parameter overriding in Google Analytics, and you can't use third-party tracking. But if so, he shows away, and he makes a new UTM parameter with the source and medium Google surfaces, and he pens it as a link attribute, Again, you can see the entire process over in our show notes there. 
but it lets you get visualization into Google shopping in those free clicks, which is pretty awesome. I wish Google would just give that to us, but Kirk found a way to get it on his own. All right, next up, Spotify is now testing video podcasts in its app. And this is starting with two YouTube stars, Zane Hajazi and Heath Huzar, hosts of the Bob and Bill show. Video podcast is like an oxymoron. I know. And it's actually the Zane and Heath unfiltered show. It's not Bob and Bill. It's Zane and Heath. That makes no sense. Why? <laughs> How is it a video podcast? Well, I mean, we do a video podcast, right? Yeah. Not right no. now, but. A podcast and video stream. Vlogcast, I call it. Vlogcast. Um, you can actually, well, back when we were allowed to go into the office here in New York, we had a video a video recording of us shooting the podcast. Oh, and it's over on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. We had a beautiful and table. We had a beautiful table. It was so much easier. We had so much better sound. And I miss those days, guys. I miss you guys. I miss you guys too, but I sweat less recording at home. Well, you can still catch our shows over on the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel. It just doesn't have our faces because we need the best possible quality of audios we can get, which still stinks. All right, next up, YouTube is planning to let news publishers sell off-platform subscriptions through their channels. So news publishers have been hurting recently, as we've talked about many times so far since this pandemic started, and they're looking at platforms like YouTube to help publishers make money. And there are some different items that have helped be, that Google has done before where there's a rev share, typically 55% goes to a publisher uh, with some of the news subscriptions that Google's re- released. And YouTube's coming out with a way to help people sell more subscriptions. And I just don't like it. Sell subscriptions yourself, figure it out, get people to your site, you don't want 55% of something. Figure it out. Build your own audience. I just I, I hate the fact of how much you'd have to rely on something like YouTube where there's so many different bans and demonetization. And the previous Google subscriptions, they'd skim 45-ish percent, according to reports from Digiday, off the top. Get people to your site and convert them yourself. All right. And lastly here is an article from... Roger Monti, a.k.a. Martini Buster, over at Search Engine Journal. And he says, GoDaddy hosting breach undetected for six months. And GoDaddy had something that happened in 2019, a breach of their accounts. It was reported in April. As Roger said, it was not detected until then. GoDaddy did send out emails updating folks who had their credentials uh, compromised. So if you want check out if you're a GoDaddy customer check out and see if they sent you anything and Roger's celebrating halfway to Halloween with this spooky graphic he has here it's so good (laughs) it's like a Nick Cage like ghost rider spooky it's got a nice Halloween purple in the background though right Mm -hmm. it's perfect very seasonal thank you all right (laughs) moving on to social first up we have a hot tip from bff of the show glenn gabe that's at glenn gabe on twitter with two n's while we're talking about how everyone spells their name so he notes and this is a quote from his tweet bing pages update they added twitter recently as a source of updates that can be promoted for free just tested it already showing up for related queries like quote articles de-indexed end quote but also showing up for broad queries like quote search engine optimization end quote and quote search engines end quote happy face so he shared a screenshot of the serps if you want to see what this looks like it indeed showed his tweet and a little powered by bing pages note underneath looks great it's a new feature and it works love to see it And Pinterest users will love to see more shoppable pins. At least that's the hope with a new partnership between Pinterest and Shopify. Big week for Shopify here in the news. The two companies announced this week that a new app will allow Shopify merchants to upload their catalogs directly into Pinterest and create shoppable pins, as well as set up shop profile tabs for free. Merchants will also be able to buy ads from within this app. So it's a one-stop shop. That is so smart. Right? This is like, you know how people, the kids say, like, I ship this. I ship this. Wait, they ship it? Is that like yeah, the Kmart commercial? Like, I ship the bed. No, it's like, I ship them. Like, I support their relationship. I think it's a good idea. What does that mean? 
Everyone's saying it. Like, relationship. Yeah. Jess, I feel like you've aged so much. <laughs> you don't have your pulse on the uh, on, on the youth anymore. I mean, I never did. It's definitely worse now that I don't interact with anyone except the extreme youth of a seven-month-old and my husband, who's not shipping anybody. We've never heard that term in this house. Is that really a thing? Yeah, I ship it. Okay. Okay, well, I ship something new from TikTok then. They're testing a new ad format that partners marketers with influencers on the platform and offers revenue sharing with those that participate. So it's just a test right now. There's not a lot of details out there. Not everyone has access either. But one thing that they really seem to be focusing on in the coverage of this is that the ads will have CTA buttons. And I know we just said that my pulse is not on the youth and call me old school, but like, yeah, an ad should have CTA buttons. Just today in their influencer marketing, I don't get it. A hot take. <laughs> Next up, a tweet from at Matt Navarra. LinkedIn, his tweet is actually really funny, so check the link in the show notes. But long story short, LinkedIn is giving users the option to restrict the information shared about them when they view a story, like your name, your title, your photo, and all that jazz. But A, no one is viewing stories on LinkedIn, to my knowledge, and two, I beg to differ. I beg really? to differ. Those LinkedIn nerds, you can't even imagine. They're, they're all about what business meme people are dropping on those stories. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess it is. But even so, so say they are. Is this really the social network of all social networks where you want to creep in the shadows? Like this doesn't seem like the place where we need this. This seems more like something Instagram should have. No? To hide your identity viewing a story? Well, Jess, you got to think people might be doing recon. You know, you might be like, oh, what is my competitor up to? What kind of business memes do they have that I don't have? You know, I need to get that in, that deep intel and I don't want them knowing that I know their memes. I have never seen a business meme on LinkedIn. Well, maybe you you're kidding? not looking at the story. Are you kidding me? I only see them on Twitter. We'll do, we'll do a Slack call and I'll go into my LinkedIn and it's going to be nothing but business memes. Okay. <laughs> On a more serious note, Facebook is expanding their community help hub, which you may recall was the platform's way for people to request and respond to assistance with like food, supplies, and other resources during COVID. So the new expansion includes ways for users to support local businesses, donate to food banks, raise awareness for nonprofits, and find job opportunities in their area, which is really nice. So this is all live now. And if you want to access the help hub, you just go to facebook.com slash COVID support to look at that. And sticking with Facebook here, if you run a Facebook group and you're looking for ways to better manage and engage with your online community, Facebook is offering a series of educational sessions for you over the coming months. So the link is in the show notes if you want to look at what the sessions are about and the schedule. Shep, are you an admin of any of your Facebook groups? Oh, no. No? Never. Do you think that any of your true crime or or Swifty folks are going to attend these seminars? Is this something that you feel is needed? I don't use Facebook groups, so I don't know. Um, no, I don't think this is needed. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, then that ship has sailed. Am I doing it right? No, you're not doing it right at all. You're doing it it wrong. (laughs) Way wrong. All right. Well, then the ship is sinking. Okay. Next, Twitter is testing the option to revise a tweet. But before you get excited, it's not an edit button. They're just running a limited experiment that flags tweets that have harmful language, but they're prompting users to revise it before it's even published. So I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a nice thing to have, but we just want an edit button. We just want to be able to edit tweets. They should hook up with Grammarly and get that little emoji thought like on those emails. Does anybody use Grammarly to see that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like the weekly where it tells you how your tone is. Yeah, it's nice. You either see like smiley face or you get the business suit. It's nice. I love it. Twitter should just have just a troll icon for everything. (laughs) Or like the thing on The Sims where your mood changes and it turns red. So like as your tweet gets nastier and nastier as you write it, it just turns red. Now you're thinking. Yep. (laughs) And next up, I just inserted a new story, a new feature from Andrea Cruz. Andrea Cruz 92 on Twitter and she said LinkedIn ads launches new bidding strategy called target cost. Advertisers are able to specify their cost, CPC, CPM, CPV, and LinkedIn will meet that cost or stay within 30%. And there's a link over to the LinkedIn answer that can help you. And if you need to, you now can do a search for this and find it on Google. So thanks for that feature, Andrea. (laughs) All right, let's wrap it up here. We'll stick with LinkedIn. 
Despite the pandemic, some businesses are still hiring. So LinkedIn is releasing new tools to facilitate virtual job interviews because not a lot of that hiring is being done in person. They're also offering tips to help candidates nail said interviews. So Matt Southern covers this in full in his Search Engine Journal article. So you can check that out for more details. One thing I didn't see in here, though, was which setting you should use for story viewing. So if you're not sure, I guess just be yourself. Just put your info out there. Look at those stories. Look at those business memes. Be you. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. All right. In this week's Working Hard, Hardly Working in my accounts, I've got a few Google Ads advertisers that were able to get image extensions. So if you do run any campaigns, hop on over and try to add a new extension. You'll see things like lead gen forms, and you'll also now see if it's eligible, a image extension. So I'm excited to test these out, and it's worth checking out for yourself. And I have a hardly working this week because we were setting up a Facebook ads campaign this week, and there were a lot of hands in the project on our team, and we all had access to the Facebook ads account. And Hope was working on it, and the campaigns were all turned off, but the ads, like she was still in the back end setting up the ads, but budgets hadn't been approved. So we all got notifications at like a crazy time in the morning too, like before I woke up in the morning, saying that the ads were like, it literally said they were enabled and running, and they weren't. And everyone freaked out, and she got like 10 different Slack messages saying, what's going on? We didn't talk about budget yet, but they they weren't turned on. Facebook was just lying to us, and it's just another reason to hate them. What about you, Jess? <laughs> Ouch. All right. I got a notification bubble in Gmail this week that was alerting me to the fact that you can save multiple signatures in your Gmail account and insert whichever one you want in a particular email. And I don't know if this is new or not, but I assume it is because they notified me of it. So maybe this doesn't apply to you, but it seems particularly handy for someone like a small business owner that might be using the same email address for personal and business communications. Or if somebody manages, you know, maybe you work for a big brand that has a bunch of sister companies and you manage all those from the same account. So it actually does have practical applications. Hey, Jess, can I give you a pro tip? Yeah. Make a new signature that says pardon sent from mobile and use that even on your desktop if you want to do a really quick response. Ooh, that is a pro tip. I like that a lot. I, it's also well, lying. I mean, <laughs> it is lying, but you know what? I get a lot of emails that have that, and I bet there's people out there doing it already. So Kevin Rose of Dig Fame had that tip in once and thought it was a, the hottest hack ever that he signed everything from written from mobile. So there's that's more really evil things to do, honestly. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes to us from Heather Physioc. I hope I'm saying her last name correctly. At Heather Physioc. And this is a Twitter thread. And it all started with a HubSpot story of 2020 marketing statistics. And it says video content is 50 times more likely to drive organic search results than plain text. So she thought this was a little weird. So she did this six part Twitter thread to try to fact check it. And I'm just going to read through most of them. So she says HubSpot credited Omnicore at Omnicore agency, which published the stat here. And she posts a link to the article as a 2020 statistic, which then sourced brain shark, which then led her to a brain shark article from 2013, which then credited Forrester for the fishy statistic. But Forrester's URL from 2009 no longer exists. So this is this 2020 guide with information from 2009 that no longer even exists out there. And this is why I just hate when people say facts like that. Like, this is this percent more likely to work all the time. Like, just relax. It's never going to be true all the time. I guess I just hate facts. I <laughs> <laughs> never really facts. I'm with you, though, because I think, I think a lot of times stats like that, 
halt creativity and halt ideas from happening because you hear something and you're like, oh, well, this doesn't work. This can't work. I'm not going to take the odds on this. When in reality, if you think something's going to work, give it a test. Why wouldn't you test it? Make your own stats. Yeah. And the guidelines for everything with SEO are always changing anyway. So just give it a try and see what works. And then tell us what does. <laughs> yeah, so we have all the so we have all the info. All right, and that brings us to our grab bag, our segment segments, where we have eh, just things that have happened this week. All right, and first up is show notes. We talked about it before. The fact that SMX Advanced was been canceled, but there is now SMX Next. It is a virtual event for a tech-driven search marketing happening Tuesday, June twenty-third, and Wednesday, June twenty-fourth best part is it's free so you can head on over to our show notes it's a virtual training experience we can't have an in-person conference we're still gonna give out those goods online and obviously we talk about it a bunch there is the e-summit over on search engine journal so head on over to searenginejournal.com forward slash sej dash e-summit that is june 2nd we've got plenty of stuff and then the PSAC 20 the PSAC 20 is happening next week. There were some issues. If you had any problems logging in, they're now fixed. So head on over to marketingoclock.com if you want the link to the PSAC. And then lastly, there was a note, a quick post on marketing land from Chris Elwell. And it was called Soapbox. Enjoy the attention glut while it lasts. And Chris runs everything over his third door media now. And he had mentioned that many people are seeing great success with some of these virtual shows. Even the S, uh, the Martech, the, the Discover Martech event that they had was uh, 5x more attendees than before. And he also ended it saying, it won't last. Even if changes to the workplace that enable more to be done virtually are lasting, the demand for efficiency will ensure that any discretionary time is occupied. So enjoy the success you're having virtually now. It's not going to last forever. So if you started running events and you were all pumped about it, it's not going to last, according to Chris. All right. And next up, going viral. And there's a new challenge going around on TikTok. And if you want to go viral, you may want to consider the hashtag Peter Pants Challenge. Are you kidding? There's 3.9 million views as of Monday on TikTok for people that are just peeing their pants. So if you really want to go viral, don't miss the hashtag Peter Pants Challenge over on TikTok. And lastly, Friends of the Pod segment. The PPC Hero Top 50 Most Influential PPC Experts of 2020 have been announced, and we've got many friends of the show. We've got Sir Stephen Johns, at Stephen Johns 21 on Twitter. 21 got another one. Andrea Cruz, at Andrea Cruz 92. Many people that have either been on the show or are friends of the show are there. And I, I was reading how you get to the Top 25 list. And you get voted into the top 50, and then PPC Hero chooses who makes it to the top 25. For the top 25, they say experts will be scored based on factors like engagement on social, speaking gigs, podcasts, and webinars they've been featured on. Hey, we featured Andrea and Steven today. Pretty cool. Hopefully, we'll see them on the top 25. I didn't see our paid Glenn there. Glenn Schemmels, who also has the... (laughs) Funnel reboot show. Um, did you guys vote for Glenn? Our paid Glenn? We need we need to, to back our Glens. Yeah, we'll get him on there next year. Okay. And he's got a show. It's a good show. The Funnel Reboot Show. Uh, it's a podcast if you want to check it out. But I thought he missed it. It's talking about a lot of lead generation. I thought he really missed the boat for naming a show. I would have named it Lead Glenneration. <laughs> Right? That's great. <laughs> Absolutely. Anyway, big congrats to anybody who listens to the show that made it on the top 50 most influential PPC experts of 2020. And lastly, we've got a good sheet. And this sheet is the Spice Up Your Sheet Life Edition 2. It is 100 Google Sheet tips. So if you're trying to brush up, get better at Google Sheets, there are 100 sheet tips in a Google Doc. That's the only caveat. But head on over and check it out if you want to learn more. And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is copy testing, and it helps you do just that. Test your copy. 
and in their own words, you will get data on how real people perceive your copy. So you pop in your URL into the tool and highlight the copy on the page that you want to dig into. It can be just a headline or even an entire page or a section, anything in between. And real pre-vetted human beings will read the copy and provide feedback, which copy testing then uses to give your copy a clarity score and a care score so that you can identify strong copy and work to fix problems as well. So you can even ask specific questions to the testers to learn more about how your copy resonates with them. It's really awesome. It's a paid tool, but you can create an account for free and look at a demo test. And you can even explore the setup process. You only pay if you actually run a test. So head on over to copytesting.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. And this week's must-read marketing article of the week comes from Colin Slattery over at Tycoon Digital. And he has a step-by-step Google Ads tutorial to create your first campaign. And Colin does a bang-up job letting you know exactly what you'll need. He even breaks down how many hours each chapter is going to take to complete. Talks about the intro to ads, how to plan your ads campaign, creating your first campaign, creating ad groups, writing effective ads, ad extensions, conversion setup, reviewing your campaign, launching your campaign, and finishing up. And Shep, Jess, you guys know we are working on something similar, but but maybe not as uh, step-by-step to create your first campaign, but more like how to do it right. This takes a lot of time, and Colin did a fantastic job. Do not miss this book market. Send it to anybody you know that maybe doesn't have the budget to hire you. Definitely don't miss this. And if you're looking to get into Google Ads, this is the piece for you. Thank you, Colin. All right. That does it for today's show. Thank you to our fantastic sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. It's Ahrefs and Optio. Don't miss them. Great tools. And if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. This week, it was Mary Davies. She was talking about cringeworthy social media, what she's up to. In the lockdown, I started listening to it. It was very interesting, informative, but then I had to get a lot of stuff done and just to start to listen to more metal. And I started, I started listening to Motley Crue. Motley Crue? Wow. Pretty good band. Pretty yeah. Good band. They're decent. I mean, did you feel motivated to get stuff done? I'm proud of you. Well, I just, I had so many things to get done today that I just threw Shout at the Devil on and just got going. Bunch of just completely mind melting riffs. But I have that for tonight. I've got it saved. Mary Davies over on the Search Engine Journal show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the heck. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, Shep. What's on the docket for today? So this week, I'm going to test your business knowledge by quizzing you on some business jargon. I found an amazing source for this quiz. It is theofficelife.com, and they have a ridiculous business jargon dictionary that you guys can go download right now if you want to. Just a little plug. I've been practicing with my business memes on LinkedIn nonstop. I am ready for this, Jess. Be prepared to go down. Yeah, because I have not. I haven't logged in and looked at any of those, so... I'm also, you know, as usual, just realizing how poorly planned this game is. I have five questions. There's two of you. I don't know how this is going to work out. So who's going first? Definitely me. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can only know what happened, Jess. That's number one rule of business. I'd stop business to you, Jess. Jess, if he gets them all right and Jess gets them all right, Jess can't win. Yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, it's multiple choice. So the fir- I'm going to give you the definition and multiple choice for the word, the business jargon term, and you can select the right or wrong one. So the first one is an especially chaotic meeting or event. A, suit circus. B, goat rodeo. C, rompus room. Or D, a 2 p.m. 
A, 100%. Incorrect. Jess has a chance. Can I steal? Sweet. Sure. Um, a 2 p.m. No, it's a goat rodeo. That doesn't make any sense. All Don't right, just complain first, to me. You get the first crack at it, Jess, on this next question. It's the office life ridiculous business jargon, okay? It's not my fault. Okay. A meeting to discuss a failure and find a scapegoat. A, blame storming. B, a finger point parade. Three, oh my God, C. <laughs> C, fault finder. Or D, mess up meeting. A, blame storming. Correct. Yes. One point for me. Business butt over here. All right, let's <laughs> right. We're going to have so goes back to Greg, up. right? Yep. Okay. So what is another name for a cubicle? A, veal pen. B, slack in the box. C, box office. Or D, ice tray. It's got to be C, box office. Nothing no. better than that. That was my – I came up with that on my own, so thank you. But it's veal pen. You didn't let Jess, Jess steal that. Oh. She wouldn't have said that anyway because she's, she's a vegan. person. That's all right. She would never have said that. She'd that feel too bad if that. I know absolutely 100% right? my choice because it's so awful it had to be right. But I'm winning anyway, so you know what? That's fine. I'll keep my one yeah. point and we'll move on. Okay. Well, I'm glad somebody's keeping score. <laughs> okay. Next. A way to describe a meal eaten at one's desk. A, keyboard crumbs. B, Dining al desco, C, box lunch, or D, screen cuisine. Oh, man. Ooh, there are two really good ones in there. It's got to be <laughs> screen cuisine. No, Incorrect. I was, was going to go with eating al desco. Yeah, it's dining al desco. Dumb. All right, tied it up. Here it is for the win. Whoever gets this win, Shep, right? Yeah, if you say so. Okay, final question. <laughs> A person who seems busy and productive but stays pretty much in the same place. A, treadmill Iron Man. B, river dancer. C, tap dancer. Or D, Gladys. B, river dancer. Incorrect. Jess, can you steal? Oh, I'm torn. What was A again? Treadmill Iron Man. I think it's that one. No, it was Tap Dancer, and I don't have a tiebreaker. Oh, so. man. My other one was going to be Gladys anyway, so definitely wouldn't have won. <laughs> the winner is the downloadable Office um, Business Jargon Dictionary. And we will see you next week.